0: Welcome back to another episode of the Postmortem Files. Before we actually jump into this episode, it's gonna be a little bit struct- or it's gonna be structured a little bit differently. Um We aren't actually gonna go into the files because when you find out why we aren't or what happened to him You would understand that 99% of his body is actually good. No, the 1% isn't. And you'll just hear me saying, this part of his body is good over and over and over again. So that's why the structure is going to be a little bit different. But if you haven't followed us, our podcast specifically, and you're listening to this episode, go follow us. Get notified every episode because we got great episodes out. Um, This week it's going to be daily. Trying to play uh, catch up from June. But, you know, weekly episodes typically Wednesdays, Fridays, um, so on and so forth. Anyhow, if you haven't followed us, like I said, just follow us right now. Get notified. Follow us on Facebook. Currently, we are listed under Facebook as After Dark Coast Coast Killers. I'm trying to get the name changed to After Dark Coast Coast, but right now, once again, it is After Dark Coast Coast Killers on Facebook. Now, speaking of new series, I am going to be creating a late night series for this podcast. Um, not, it's not necessarily actually going to be crime related. It's going to be about conspiracy theories, the dark deep web. It's also going to be about the things that make your skin crawl. It's for people that can't fall asleep. No, it's not ASMR. It's just a typical late night podcast like, you know, Mulder What's Right or, you know, The Misfits or whatnot. Um, so without further ado, that should be coming out between August and August. October, either way, expect a couple trailers really soon for it. Without further ado, let's get into this episode. If I haven't already said this, um, it's 2.06am, so this is... That's not really important, but this is going to have a viewer's discretion advised for suicide talk and murder. This is going to be structured a little bit differently because... If I have already mentioned it, we aren't going to go over the postmortem files. We aren't going to go over his autopsy because 99% of his body is actually fine. Um, the 1% is not. So you would pretty much hear me go over and over again over saying how the 99% is good and doesn't need to be talked about. How we are going to structure this episode, though, is we're going to start off with his early life. You know, who Christopher Dorner was. And then we're going to kind of try to understand, you know, why people feel sympathetic for Dorner. Despite him targeting officers. Um... So, let's just get started with the early life of Christopher Dorner. He was born on June 4th of 1979 in New York, grew up in Southern California, graduated from high school and college with a major in political science and a minor in psychology. He also was a football running back from 1999 to 2000. Donner later stated that he was the only African-American student in his school from 1st grade to 7th grade, that he had altercations due to racism. When he was a teenager, he decided to become a police officer and joined a youth program offered by the police department La Palma, where he lived at the time of the shootings. Neighbors had described Donner as belonging to an admired, world-like, family and a man who usually kept to himself. He was previously married with no children. Um, His wife filed for divorce in 2007. In 2002, he was a United States Navy Reserve Officer. He commanded a security unit at the Naval Air Station in Fallon, Nevada, served with the Mobile Inshore Undersea Warfare Unit from June 2004 to February 2006, he was deployed to Buran with Coastal Ravine Group 2 from November 2006 to April 2007. He was honorably discharged from the Navy Reserve as a lieutenant on February 1st 2013. While training for the Naval Reserve in Oklahoma in two thousand two, donor and a classmate found a bag containing nearly eight thousand USD dollars, which in twenty twenty it's equivalent to eleven thousand five hundred USD that belonged to the nearby uh united Korean Church of Grace. The two handed the money to the police um they were asked the motive, Donner did reply, it's the military stresses integrity. Um, and so, yeah, during his time as a reservist, Donner received a Navy rifle marksmanship ribbon and a Navy pistol shot ribbon with expert advice. It doesn't say specifically why he was honorably discharged, I don't know if we'll get into it or whatnot. not. But I don't think we will. So that's not why people sympathize with Dorner at all. Dorner once again was a police officer who targeted his former unit. Now, why he did is why people sympathize with him, or at least I shouldn't say actually with him before him. So, during his time as a naval reservist, he joined the LAPD. He entered the police academy in 2005, graduating in 2006. Shortly afterwards, his duty as a probation officer were interrupted when he was deployed by the Navy Reserve to Braun. On his return from duty in July 2007, Dorner was paired with a training officer. Teresa Evans to complete his probationary training. According to the Los Angeles Times, Evans said that on Donna's first day working with her, he told her that he planned to sue the LAPD after he completed his probation period um, in response to how the LAPD had responded to complaints he had previously made against his classmates. So, if that confused you, because it kind of did confuse me as I was reading it, his former classmates were um, complaining about him, and they turned the complaints to the LAPD, I guess, or something like that. Um, But the LAPD had responded to those complaints he had previously made, um, and then he planned on suing the LAPD. On July 28 of 2007, Donner and Evans responded to the Double Tree Hotel in San per- or San Pedro, California, regarding a disturbance being caused by Christopher Getzler, who suffered from schizophrenia with severe dementia. Two weeks later, Evans gave Donner a performance review which he stated that Dorner needed to approve in three areas. The following day, Dorner filed a report alleging that Evans had used excessive force in her treatment of Getzler, accusing her of twice kicking Getzler in the chest and once in the face while he was handcuffed and lying on the ground. The LAPD investigated the complaint, examining the allegation and the truthfulness of Donner's report through an internal review board of three members, two LAPD captains, and a criminal defense attorney. It was a seventh month long investigation of his complaint. Evans was assigned to desk duty and she was not allowed to earn money outside of her LAPD job. Attorney at the board hearing was the former captain of LAPD, Randall Kwan. Um, so there was witnesses in the test are uh, in the testimony, the review board heard those witnesses to hotel's employees, testified that they did not see Evans kick Getzler. A poor police officer testified that he did not see Evans kick Getzler. However, some aspect of this guy's statement did contradict from photographs from the scene. Getzler was brought to the police station and given medical treatments for injuries to his face, but also did not say that he was being kicked at the time. According to Getzler's father, Um, Getzler told his father that he had been kicked by an officer later that day, and his father testified to that at Dohner's disciplinary disciplinary hearing. In a videotaped interview with Donner's attorney, Getzler stated that he was kicked in the face by a female police officer on the day and in the place in question. However, when Getzler testified at the hearing, his responses to questioning were described as generally incoherent and unresponsive, quote unquote. Um, it was later decided after this whole thing went on that Donor had lied. Now I wanna talk about that really fast. You you have all these witnesses, you even have Getzler telling his father that He was kicked by a female officer. You have. um, These hotel employees saying that. He wasn't being kicked. But at the same time. Getzler once again. Was described as incoherent. And non-responsive. And that probably did not help donor in this case. But, this is where kind of the sympathy for him comes in a little bit. Now, whether or not Evans kicked Getzler is unimportant. Well, it is important, but it's not. But, Let's talk about, you know, his whole stance with the LAPD first. He joined the police department. But then during his probationary hearing, he decided to, you know, kind of be like, screw these guys. And I'm not saying that, you know, the response to the LAPD, LAPD or whatever LAPD was doing was right wrong. I wasn't there. You weren't there. If you were on the unit, I guess you would know. But it seems like Donor didn't like the word "no," and I, I'm just making this a, uh, a assumption, I guess, observation from the reading because it seems like he just had kind of a bad stats after joining the LAPD he wanted to sue the LAPD because the classmates had complained then after that Dorner um was given a performance review and then said that this guy, Getzler, was kicked in the face. It seems like whenever he is doing something wrong or he needs to improve, Dorner can't accept that he's doing something wrong. And that's that's why I don't really feel sympathetic as much as some other people toward him. Because Dorner... Should have fixed his actions... And understood... Things are things... And just move on... And with Getzler, I don't... I don't know where to stand with that... You have hotel employees saying that... He was not kicked... But then he uh, told his father that he was... So... Who knows? Anyhow, he was terminated by the LAPD for making false statements in his report and in his testimony against Evans. Dorner's attorney, Kwan, stated that Dorner was treated unfairly was being made a scapegoat. He had appealed his termination by filing a writ of madness with the uh, um, LAPD, or, or not the LAPD, but with the Los Angeles court, uh, County Superior Court, um, Judge David Yef wrote that he was uncertain whether the training officer kicked the suspect or not, but nevertheless upheld the department's decision. Like I said, this is this is another side of the fence where you're in be- a person can be in between. Did he kick or did he Witness Evans kick him or did he not? But as a, from a judge's standpoint, you don't know where to stand either. Because you have people saying yes, she did, and you have other people saying no, she didn't. So with that, um Yef ruled that he would press or he would presume that the LAPD's accusations from Dorner's report were false. Um the enraged Dorner who yelled out in disbelief at the end of the year uh hearing, quote unquote, I told the truth. How can this ruling happen? Um, probably he did say the F word. I don't know, but he then appealed to the California um, Court of Appeal on October third, two thousand eleven. Under California law, administrative or administrative findings in this case by the LAPD are entitled to presumption of correction or correctness, and the petitioner in this case donor bears a burden of proving that they were incorrect um the appeals court also had said that the LAPD had um sust- substantial evidence for finding donor's statement and donor's facts quote unquote were not quite or credible against Evans. now this is where the whole killing spree begins. You know, it happens in 2013 of February, and he started the revenge shootings against his former unit. On his Facebook page, he discussed the history, his motivation, and the plans. It was a 11,000-word post and it became known as his manifesto. He listed 40 law enforcement personnel whom he was prepared to kill and stated, I know most of you who personally know me are in disbelief to hear from the media reports that I am suspected of committing such horrendous murders and have taken drastic and shocking actions in the last couple of days the posting began. Fortunately, this is a necessary evil that I do not enjoy, but must partake and complete for a substational change to occur within the LAPD and reclaim my name. The department has not changed since the Rampart and Ronnie King days. It has gotten worse. He had issued a single demand, a public admission that the LAPD would admit that they were wrong, that they know Evans had kicked Getzler. He also had asked journalists to pursue the truth, pointing out specific lines of investigation for reporters to follow under the Freedom of Information Act, and said that video evidence was sent to multiple news agencies. Before we continue, if you like this podcast so far, follow us. Check out our other episodes. Check out our new upcoming series. Anyhow, let's continue. On February 9th of 2013, in response to Donner's manifesto and the start of the killing spree, LAPD Chief Charlie Beck informed Dorner through the media that there would be a review of the disciplinary case that led to Dorner's dismissal. Beck said officials would re-examine the allegations by Dorner that his law enforcement career was undone by racist colleagues. Now, time out again. I'm going to throw this another random assumption of observation out there because it needs to be talked about. It seems like Donor's past with how his school was kind of ties into this whole firing... he... felt according to a... back... that... it was racism... that they fired him... because he was black... and she was white... vice versa... you know... that whole typical thing... I don't think... like I said... that... Dawner likes the word "no." I personally think, from you no know, hearing and reading all of this about Dawner, that he just can't understand that shit happens. Life happens. You do something wrong. You fix it. In this case, with the shootings that he's about to carry out against his former unit, he kind of seems to flip the narrative by saying he was fired to racism, that Evans was entirely using excessive force, that... You know... That... He wasn't wrong... They were wrong... He kind of flipped the narrative... In this case... Instead of saying... He was wrong... Again... You know... It just keeps on going back and forth... Timeline... Um... The killings of the manhunt... Started... February 1st... Of 2013... Um... Anderson Cooper, if you don't remember who he is or was, I don't remember if he has passed or whatnot, but CNN pretty much, um, he had received a package at his office containing a DVD that stated Donner's case against the LAPD. Um, the package also contained a bullet riddle challenge coin issued by LAPD Ch- Chief William Bratton. a note inscribed with one MOA, which is one minute of angle, implying that the coin was shot at 100 yards at a grouping of one inch, boasting of its accuracy with the rifle. On February 3rd, during the evening hours in Irvine, California, 28-year-old Monica Kwan and her fiancé 27 year old Keith Lawrence was shot dead in Lawrence's parked white Kia Optima outside their condominium complex. At the time, Quan was a woman's basketball assistant coach and was the daughter of Randall Quan, a former LAPD captain, and the lawyer who represented Dorner during his dismissal hearing. Lawrence was kept. Our campus public safety officer for the University of Southern California. So, I'm not going to do any observations yet. I wanted to. But, in short, it's just like I said, Donner, or Donor I mean, not Donner, Doiner, um, seems to just have a really big ass ego and he thinks he's a hot shot but let's continue um his manifesto was posted on February 4th um once again stating his motive and he also said in it that he will not be alive to see my name cleared but that's what this is about my name on February 5th, according to military sources, he checked into a nav- naval base point, Loma, and San Diego, but skipped the checkout procedures when leaving. February 6th, um, donors' manifesto specifically named Randall Kwan and his family as targets. And I don't know if it's because police chief part or if he felt that Kwan failed to give him proper justice. Um, on February 6th, once again, um, Irvine police named Dorner as a prime suspect in the murders of Monica Kwan and Keith Lawrence. The manifesto claimed Kwan had failed to represent Dorner's interest and favor of those of the LAPD. Like I said, it was more of a favor thing. You know, he did honor Doiner in the way that Donner believed he should have. Um, he reported specific acts of specific officers participating in the retaliation, but their names had been reacted by media sources at the request of law enforcement. Who have cited officer safety concerns on february 7th two lapd officers were driving to a protection detail where they were assigned as security because of one of the officers potentially targeted by dorner when they were flagged down by a guy named rl mcdaniel at about 1 a.m McDaniel reported seeing a man matching donor's description at a gas station in Corona and the officers investigated the report and they were following a pickup truck when the driver stopped, got out, fired a rifle at them, grazing the head of one officer. About 20 minutes after the Corona shooting, two officers of the neighboring Riverside Police Department were ambushed. And this happened while they stopped in their marked patrol unit at a red traffic light in that city. Michael Crane was one of the officers that had died. The other one was rushed to a nearby hospital for surgery and he had survived. About an hour and 25 minutes after the Riverside shooting at approximately 3 a.m., another Um, matching description of Dorner um, said that a man that looks like him tried to steal a boat in San Diego um, saying that he would take the boat to Mexico. A federal criminal complaint was filed the same day for allegedly fleeing California to avoid prosecution. Hours later, the burning remains of Dorner's vehicle Um, which was a dark gray 2005 Nissan Titan truck and I'll tell you why this is important Um, why the description is important I should say were found on a remote fire trail by a local Daniel McGowan near Big Bear Lake about 80 miles from Los Angeles Um, investigators spread out to search for Dorner and about 125 officers went from door-to-door door. schools in the Bear Valley Unified School District were um, locked down. February 9th, CNN reported that the LAPD was reopening its investigation into Dorner's case from the LAPD so as to reassure the public that the police were doing everything in their power to capture Dorner. February 10th, a $1 million reward for information was put out. For the first time, Dorner's actions were described as a form of domestic terrorism, with Dorner believed to be hiding somewhere in the San Bernardino Mountains with an unmanned aerial vehicle, or an unmanned aerial vehicle, I should say, was deployed to aid the search from the air amidst that fears that Dorna what head from Mexi- the Mexican border. Um, a store in North Rich, L.A. was evacuated based on reports of a possible sighting. Now, that's a lot to go on in nine to ten days. You know it's a lot to take in if it makes or I should say it makes it sounds like it could be something from a movie or a book or you know something that person would dream of. Um but what went down the first nine to ten days was a lot. He wasn't joking. I think people knew that. I think people understood that Doiner was out there. He was targeting. He was doing what he said he would in his manifesto. And that sounds... I don't know... I don't know what the right word would be. But you have... Doiner believing... Something... And doing... It through a motive. Because he felt... That he was it wrong and then you have all these officers searching for him now because he's targeted a family he's targeted a few officers already he's now being described as a mass terrorist through his actions um, he just has all these things that I don't think it should have went this way and I, I, as I'm reading this, I don't know why people feel sympathetic for Dornier. There, There's no reason to feel sympathy for him. He just couldn't accept that he was wrong. And like I said, I wasn't there when you know, the whole Gratzler situation took place. But from the stance that he is taking, he t- he took it so far that to feel sympathy for him, even to the slightest, it's not gonna happen. Like I guess I don't know if in reality Getzler was kicked in the face by Evans, but the standpoint that he's taking. And the actions previously before Getzler shows that he just can't accept no. He can't be a responsible and mature person and fix his actions and accept that he was wrong. And we already know that he was honorably discharged from the military and it's just he's not holding himself accountable in short but let's continue um on February actually we already went over that on February 11th um the Riverside District Attorney filed formal charges against Donor for the murder of a police officer and attempted murder of three other officers on February 12th police raided a hotel in Mexico based on a tip that Dorner was there. Authorities also discovered surveillance footage of Dorner, Dorner purchasing scuba diving gear at a sporting goods store in Torrance, California. A message posted on February 12th to the Twitter account of the San Bernard, or Bernard, Bernardino County sorry about that—district Attorney's Office said the sheriff has asked all members of the press to stop tweeting immediately it is hindering officer safety. Hashtag Dorner. The message was removed within a few hours. Now, on February 13th, this is, or February 12th, February 13th, between that time, this is where, you know, they start closing in on Dorner in the mountains. On February 12th, the San Bernardino. Bernardino County Sheriff's Department deputies responded to a report of a carjacking of a white Dodge truck at 12.22 p.m. They began looking for the vehicle on the ground and from the air um according to the, this article the truck drivers had not been harmed um game officers were the first to spot the vehicle I recognized Dorner as a driver they chased Dorner to a cabin near Big Bear Lake California Dorner opened fire on two officers and he hit. both officers were airlifted to Luma Linda or Luma Linda University Medical Center where Detective Jeremiah was pronounced dead um The San Bernardino Sheriff's Department confirmed to the media that Dorner was barricaded in a cabin near the command center set up for the manhunt in the mountains. That building was surrounded by law enforcement. The Los Angeles Times had reported that there might have been hostages in the cabin with Dorner. Police intentionally attempted to force Dorner out of the cabin by using tear gas, demanding over loudspeakers that he surrender. When Dorner did not respond, police used a demolition demolition vehicle to knock down most of the walls of the building. Then, they shot um, a pyrotechnic tear gas canisters um, into the cabin which resulted in the cabin catching fire and their um, devices of such are nicknamed burners as the heat is generated by the pyrotechnic reaction. Shortly after a single gunshot was heard from the cabin, as the fire continued ammunition was exploding from within the cabin and it made it dangerous for officials to try to put out the fire. Um, The law enforcement experts defer on whether it was justified to use the devices instead of waiting for the owner to come out. In the evening of February 12th, um, both the LAPD and the San Bernardino County Sheriff's Office denied reports that a body believed to be that of donor had been recovered from the burned cabin. According to LAPD Commander Andrew Smith, he has stated that there was no body from the site that had been removed um, and anything that was reporting of a body being identified were not true as the uh, cabin area was too hot to make entry. But on February 13th, it was reported that human remains had been found in a search for Dorna's body in the cabin. So, at the same time, you know, it's just one of those things where at the moment, you can't tell. But at the same time, you know, you'll just find out later. On February 13th, it was reported, or I'm sorry, I read that, sorry about that, but on February 14th, I mean, medical examiners confirmed during autopsy using dental records that the body was in fact Dorner. On February 15th, the sheriff's office announced that Dorner died from a single gunshot wound to the head. So he had committed suicide... Um... And that... You know... Once again... They wanted to make this really big... That they didn't mean... To uh... Deliberately... Set the fire... You know... They didn't want to... They were... Debating... So they wanted to make that really big... I guess... Um... He, it's Sheriff's Department's Captain Greg Herbert, who led the assault on the cabin, claimed that the canisters were at last resort, saying that um, it was the only option and that they knew that the potential for a fire was considered. Now, let's go back to... Let's go back to the white Nissan, okay, and all of that other stuff. So we're gonna go back, back to February seventh, and this is important to understand because this is a standpoint that you may take or may not take. Um, but in the morning hours of February seventh, in three separate incidents, um, police fired on people. Who weren't really Dorner um and he wasn't even present at any of the incidents either and some people are going to say the police had you know a split second just a case you know and I understand that there is a split second there's always going to be no, is it him? Is it not? Is it a suspect? Is it not? What's going on? What not? Um, at about 5.30 a.m., um, at least seven LAPD officers on a protection detail of an unnamed LAPD official's residence um, opened fire on the back of a light blue Toyota. Tacoma and shot its two occupants now this is where I stand opposite of what I've been standing on the car wasn't white the car wasn't a Nissan the car wasn't Doiners and I know some people are still going to say What if Dorner was in there? Doiner wasn't. The vehicle was unrelated to Doiner. They shot a 71-year-old, Emma Hernandez and her daughter, Margie as they were delivering newspapers for the Los Angeles Times. The vehicle, according to the officers, was spotted exiting a freeway and heading toward the area of the residence that the officers, officers were protecting. According to the officers, once again, it was a match to Dorner's 2005 gray Nissan Titan now I know that I got the color wrong from white it was actually gray Um, and was moving without his headlights on Hernandez was shot in the back and her daughter received wounds to her head The, their attorney claimed police had no idea who was in that vehicle when they opened fire and that nothing about his clients or their vehicle matched the descriptions given of the suspect or his truck. And the two women also had stated that they had given no warning prior to being fired upon. That, that's, that's what people need to realize in this case two different cars okay the description of the woman's car was unrelated they had the description of the car prior to firing in this case the LAPD regardless Was in the wrong. I get it if it was a description of Doiner in the vehicle, but at the same time, there was no description of Doiner in the vehicle. The vehicle was completely off in the description. It's just a big mess that the LAPD created for themselves. They didn't want a target on their back. They didn't want the public to feel unsafe. But they still made the public feel unsafe. Like I said, they knew the description of his car and of. The car that was coming off the freeway. They knew the description was not the same, it was their mistake. A neighbor said that the truck was used every day to deliver newspapers. And the reason for the headlights being off was not to disturb or wake, you know, people up. The two women were injured. They also survived. Um, the LAPD started an internal investigation into the shooting committed by multiple officers, according to their attorney, Jonas, 102 bullets. Were bolt holes not bullets itself I should say 102 bolt holes were found in the truck the LAPD declined to confirm the total number of officers involved or how many bullets were fired or if any verbal warnings were given to the women before they should began. I'm going to point this out you see this a lot you see this a lot on LAPD you see this a lot on cops you see this a lot in the media, you if you know a police officer, you know that in a case like this, or not like this, there is typically a warning, a verbal warning, several verbal warnings. Now, I, I understand why they wouldn't give out a verbal warning because of Doiner's quick response to shooting. But at the same time, they, two bolt holes were found. They had a wrong description. They had everything wrong, and they still did it wrong. Approximately 25 minutes after the incident, officers from the Torrance Police Department struck an open fire on another vehicle. Like the first shooting, the incident involved a vehicle that police claimed resembled the description of Jordan's truck, but was it a truck. It was actually not even a Nissan. It was a black Honda Ridgeline driven by a white male. And I get it's early morning, it's still dark, you know. And you may not clearly see a person's skin color. Uh, in this case, the color of the car is kind of similar in the dark. Um, But, you know... They... They needed to think a little bit more as well. You know... And like I said, Dorner was a quick shooter... He boasted about how good he was shooting, how good he could use a rifle. He even proved that he could get out faster than an officer could and be able to hit them, or at least graze one of them, or both. But at the same time, it's just an unfortunate thing. Um, the victim of the third shooting by police was David Perdue who was on his way to the beach for some early morning surfing before work. A Torrance Police Department police cruiser slammed into the pickup and the officers opened fire and I don't know if it's the case of a situation that they were put in but I don't think typically, one, you are able to just slam into somebody's car. I think you have to request permission to even deter a car to get the suspect. Two, to slam into a car that's not the right car... And knowing that you can now see it's black and there is a different suspect but still open fire in the car. Potentially killing a person that wasn't the person. That's just reckless. That's unorthodox to police procedure and training. No matter how you look at it, you have to get the permission first to even hit a suspect's vehicle while driving. Two, you can't open fire like that. According to the police, the pickup truck matched the description once again to the los angeles times um they reported that the vehicle involved was once again a different make and color to that other suspects and that purdue obviously looked nothing like doiner because doiner was not white police need to start making that connection regardless the settlement um, was paid to the two women it was a 4.2 million dollar settlement in the morning uh, or whenever it was I guess and then they gave 500 thousand dollars to David for having his pickup truck and then shooting at him which could potentially have killed him Or could have killed all three of them, I should say. Um, On February 4th of 2014, LAPD Chief Charlie Beck announced that eight officers had violated the LAPD's use of force policy and would be disciplined. Beck noted that California state law prevents him from disclosing the nature of the discipline publicly. But they could have ranged. From extensive retraining. To termination. Um. They were not criminally charged. They should have been. But anyhow. Um. Yeah. There was obviously protest. And I wouldn't blame them. But anyhow. Before we run out of time. Thank you for uh. Listening to this. Odd. Postmortem Files. Episode. It wasn't autopsy file but like I said the autopsy just pretty much stated that he, it was self inflicted to the head the only part of his body that was damaged but see you next time on postmortem mortem files uh, later on this week thank you once again